Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 161. And today, I am really excited to have my next guest on. And he's actually a repeat guest. And uh, whenever we get together, we just really enjoy talking about this topic. And I think you guys are as well. And uh, well, his name is Greg Mercer. You guys probably already know of him from episode 56, which was an amazing episode and uh, has been downloaded a lot. A lot of you have listened to that. If you have not, I would definitely say go over and check that out. Again, that is the, uh, well, the link to that is theamazingseller.com forward slash 56. And you can listen to that episode. Before you do, though, you're going to want to listen to this one because this topic today is going to be how to pick new products. Products in 2016, and uh, I'm going to be sitting with uh, Greg Mercer here. And uh, well, he's—I'll let you tell—I'll let him tell you where he is in the world. But he's just bouncing all over the world, uh, literally. So, uh, really, really excited to have him on the uh, interview, or not even the interview, the discussion. I should say it's an open discussion of him, him and I going back and forth, talking all about what we're doing as far as looking at products. Uh, different ways that we're finding new products and different criteria and all of that stuff. All of that has been has been talked about in great length in this discussion. I don't want to say it's an interview because it's really not. It's him and I just kind of going back and forth. It does go kind of long. It's about 50 minutes. So you may need to listen to this in a couple of different bites, but let me just say it will be worth it. One other thing I want to remind you is that I'm going to be creating kind of like a cheat sheet where you can download all of the things that we talked about and I've kind of had them broken down. So this way here you can follow along because there are some really good tips here that we give going back and forth that just kind of happened that you'll probably want to have as a checklist. So what I've done is I created a download. You can go over to the show notes page and find that download and number of this episode is 161. So it'll be theamazingseller.com forward slash 161. Once again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash 161. So I'm going to pretty much stop talking now so you guys can listen to this discussion that I had with Greg Mercer and everything that we talked about, uh, you know, as far as picking a product in 2016 and some of those things that have changed since we talked the last time in episode 56. So enjoy this discussion with Greg Mercer. Well, hey, Greg, what's up, man? How's it going? Good, Scott. How are you? I am doing fantastic, and I know you and I both just talked uh, a little bit before we got on here, and uh, whereabouts in the world are you? <laughs> I'm in Rio de Janeiro right now in Brazil. Oh, the man. The man that's bouncing all over the world. I love you, man. <laughs> yeah, it was quite fun. And I, hey, I appreciate you having me on the show. It's always a blast talking to you. I know we're going to have a lot of fun, and I'm sure your listeners should get a lot of value out of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to have you back on because it's been a while. Uh, episode 56, uh, if anybody hasn't heard that with Greg, uh, we we really talked about uh, product research type stuff and how to pick a product and all of that stuff. And today what I wanted to do is really kind of talk about 2016 and maybe you know like what might have changed or what things we're doing maybe differently as we're looking at the criteria or the products um, or you know even markets. I mean, we can just talk about a bunch of different things, but I wanted to get your take and I, really I haven't got your take up to this point. So it'd be kind of, kind of cool to kind of record you and I having a conversation back and forth about, you know, what we feel, uh, Amazon is moving in what direction and kind of what products we think, or as far as like criteria and all that fun stuff. So sound cool. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a great agenda. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I think to, uh, to kind of recap, 
uh, about what we talked about. And it's something that I, you know, usually talk about as far as like the 10 by 10 by one. It's kind of like you find a product that you can sell at least 10 units a day, uh, $10 profit. And that's one product that equals a hundred bucks a day. That's kind of just like a, an easy starting point. And some people say, well, Scott, what if it doesn't fall exactly there? And I'm like, well, it's cool. It's okay. You know, if it's $8 right. profit, that's cool. Sure. Uh, you know, but, uh, I guess let's, Let's kind of just, again, dig into the criteria. What is your criteria in particular? Let's just like revisit that. Like maybe like what it was and if it's changed or maybe if it's the same, just kind of tell us what your criteria is. Okay, yeah. So the ones we talked about, episode 56, were uh, we want something that's small and lightweight and we talked about the shoebox test. Uh, if it can fit inside of a shoebox, it's probably a standard size item, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, essentially, the lighter, the better. If it's less than a few pounds, that's good. Uh, we're looking for something that was simple, not easily breakable. So that means like stay away from glass, electronics, things with lots of moving parts. Uh, in episode 56, we talked about the price range of about like 15 to $50. Um, of course we're staying away from like patented products, licensed products, items like that. Um, as far as demand and competition, we talked about something that was selling at least 3000 units per month. Uh, and that's total for like a, a whole niche, not one particular item. And then we also talked about how to locate something that's not too competitive. Um, so as we go into 2016 now, you know, I'm always keeping a very close eye on the market, both for my own products and just because, you know, same with you, you know, you're in this stuff every day. Sure. Um, it's still an excellent opportunity. Like I'm still launching new products and they're still doing great. However, you know, of course it is getting a little bit more competitive you know, competitive. Um, but there's still plenty of room, you know, for people starting out, but I'd say, you know, some of these, this criteria has changed a little bit, you know, to go into these a little bit like less competitive areas. Um, so some of the things I look for now is oftentimes I'll go for a little bit higher price point. So maybe before where I was willing to go down to like $15. Now I'm usually looking for more like 25, $30 $30 as a minimum. And it seems to be a little bit less competitive there. Um, a few of the other things I look for is I really like to try to find, you know, I wish I knew a better word for this, but essentially just like weird items, you mm-hmm. know, like if, if it's a product that like you can tell your buddies about and they think it's like a really cool product, then like it's probably pretty competitive on Amazon, to be honest with you. If it's something that, you know, you tell your buddies like, hey, I'm selling this now. And they're like, dude, you're weird. <laughs> then it's <laughs> it's more likely a good product to sell on Amazon. Yeah, no, I, that that's interesting, too. I, I think that is interesting. Uh, and it's funny. I, I'll just break in here real quick. But I had a uh, one of my students. I was actually doing a coaching call with him. And uh, he was telling me that he found his product uh, by watching a television show, a home like network type TV, like a home improvement show. And, uh, he's like, well, I don't know, you know, I've never really seen one of those and I'm kind of, it's kind of different and well, long story short, he's going to be launching that product. So yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? See, like it's weird and kind of different. And if you haven't really seen it, doesn't mean that it's not, it's not searched for. And if it is searched for and it's kind of weird and it's in that price point, well, technically you could sell one compared to selling two of the lower priced items. Right. So yeah, you know, items like, um, you know, like really cool, like cutting edge, like fitness equipment or something like that, or some of these new like kitchen gadgets, you know, those are usually like pretty competitive, but if it's like, um, you know, gum that you stick on the wall so that your pictures aren't crooked, um, you know, that's like a weirder item that you're going to find are less competitive. So those are some of the things I look for now. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, even, uh, I've even, you know, thought about this as far as like, 
you know, like you might have like a major brand of something, but they have like replacement pieces or something that go to that. Um, uh-huh. That's kind of interesting as well. And it was funny. I was doing like a, I was doing like a little uh, searching around with the web app of the Jungle Scout web app, you know, because I uh-huh. find myself kind of trapped in there sometimes because because <laughs> I just start <laughs> I start looking and stuff, and I seen that there it's, was something that I recently thing. bought. I bought not I, I bought the main item that was a, a main item that was like a four or five hundred dollar item. But then there was a lot of different uh, things that go with this item. And I'm like, darn, like there's these products are selling for 40 bucks as accessories to this product that I could potentially sell that not necessarily people were going after because it wasn't sexy in a sense. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yep. I agree. You know, or even like something like a gasket, right? Or something that just is like a replacement piece that if something wore out of that product, right? It doesn't need right. to be the, 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 it's like the, if you go to the car dealership, they go, do you want the rims that come from the factory or do you want the off brand over here and get them for $300 less per rim? <laughs> Which one do you want? Right. It's right, kind of exactly. like, do you want to go to the dealer or do you want to go to the off the market, you know, uh, place to get the parts? That's what I'm saying. Sure. Like, that's a whole nother thing that, you know, again, it might not be something that you're passionate about, which I do like to go into places that I'm passionate about, but you could totally build a business right around that type of model. That's yep. just my thoughts. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I agree with that hundred percent. So yeah, I think those, that's definitely, you know, where people's kind of a minds can shift to, you know, going in uh, to the market nowadays. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit again about that depth of market because people that are tuning you know, in right now for the very first time, if they go back to 56, they listen to that. We did talk about depth, but I, I always get this question. It's like, you know, what, what, what does that mean, depth of market? What does that mean, demand? And you talk about the 3,000 you know, units being sold. And if people can visualize this, if they can visualize seeing, uh, you know, like a list and actually, you know what, I'll get a screenshot. I'll get a screenshot. You guys can go over to this episode. I'll leave it in the show notes. And what we'll do is we'll, we'll kind of like go through that, um, you know, in there and I'll kind of show you what, the, what I mean by this, but depth of market simply put, and Greg, you, you know, chime in as well, but depth of market, like Greg saying, like, if you're looking at the top 10, uh, you know, listings for that keyword, let's say garlic press. And then you're looking at, let's say that the very first listing has 2000 units being sold. And then, then the next seller below that one has 300. And then the next one below that has a hundred. And the next one below that has a hundred and a hundred and hundred. And it might make up your 3000, but after you get to the first and second one, it really drops off. So you know that number one and number two are really taking up the majority of the demand of that particular product. So you're not really going to get sales down eight, nine, 10 on that list. So what Greg's saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, but you want to see where the first one might have a thousand and then the next one might have 500 and the next one might have, you know, 540 and the next one might have 450 and the next one might have 320 and the next one. And so as you're going down, it's spread out amongst those 10, not just, you know, like the, the top three. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You did a great job uh, explaining it. I can add a few things because like you said, I know this is something that's like really confusing to people. And it's so this is such an important, uh, you know, trait when you're looking for these products. So we can really dig into this. But kind of like as you know, as Scott's saying, if you can envision yourself, it's like, okay, if I were to take the place, you know, of the say the fifth result on this search page, how many items would I be selling? So if the fifth seller now is all of a sudden only selling like 50 items a month, it's like, okay, well, are you going to be happy only selling 50 items a month? Whereas 
as Scott was saying, you know, if in the top five or top 10 sellers, if they're all selling a few hundred or a thousand or whatever, then it's like, okay, you know, if I was to get anywhere in those top results there, I'd probably be selling a similar amount. So that's a really good way to look at it. So yeah, it's definitely, it's a flag to you if, you know, the top seller or the top two sellers are taking up the entire market and then the rest of the people below that, like, aren't selling any at all. That That's usually, to me, like a red flag that there's, like, a strong brand allegiance or, mm. um, you know, for whatever reason reason people really like those you know those top one or two items so that would be something you know to be very cautious of yeah and the other thing i think we should point out is when you are looking at those top 10 results are those top 10 the same product like similar product or sometimes you you search a keyword and you have like let's just say it's a garlic press but then the next one might be a bag that you store the garlic in and then the next one might be uh, I don't know, maybe uh, a, a place that you can you can store it in a little box. You know, it's not a garlic press. So right. even though you're looking at the top ten and you're looking at the numbers, doesn't necessarily you're comparing apples to apples. You want to find you know ten of those garlic presses that you can compare because you're not competing against the garlic that's a storage bag. You're you're competing against the actual garlic press. So that's another thing to just be aware of um, when you're looking at those top you know, top 10 or top 12, whatever you're looking at. But like Greg said, you're really trying, think about it like you're trying to come in and find, you know, a spot, not one and two, but a spot where you can come further down the list, come in, you know, gain that spot in there by doing some promotion and doing, you know, some pay-per-click or whatever, and then being able to to wiggle yourself into that spot so then you can start getting that particular sales of like 300 or 500 a month, and there's your 10 per day, 10 or 15 per day. Um, anything else you want to add there, Greg? Yeah, just to reemphasize uh, your example about like the the garlic press in the bag. So yeah, this is another kind of like common uh, mistake or a point you know that people aren't very clear on that they'll ask me questions about. So yeah, if the you know the garlic press bag is only selling a couple hundred and he's the only one ranking up there, yeah, you you definitely don't want to count in the sales for the garlic presses if you're thinking about selling the bag. So just to reiterate on that. Uh, I think that's really important. So I'm glad you gave that example. Yeah, no, because I, I see that as, as well. And, and on the other thing that will kind of throw you off sometimes, too, is you'll, you'll be looking at the numbers, whether you're using Jungle Scout or not. You'll look at the numbers uh, of sales that are coming through, and then you'll look at how much you know, like the units are all selling for, and you'll see maybe the one that's got a lot of sales, right, is is that bag, let's say, and it's only $8.95. But the garlic press is $29.95. Right. So then you can start looking at that and going, well, wait a minute here. That's that's got that's like fifteen hundred sales a month. Oh, yeah. But it's the eight ninety five product and that's the garlic bag or whatever. Um, right. So, yeah, you just got to you know, once you get into it, too, once you start to, to identify this stuff, it becomes just like second nature. You, you, you kind of that's like your process. Like for me, first thing I usually do is, you know, I go to, uh, you know, whatever I'm looking for. I'll click on Jungle Scout, the web extension. I'll go in there. I'll look at all of the all of the, uh, the, the, the different listings that come up. But then I look I start with the price, making sure that the price is all above where I want it to be. Then I'll go to the unit sold. Then from there, I look at the reviews. And that's kind of my process. What's your process really, Greg, when you when you look at that at that little screenshot of like the results? So the first two items that I look at would be the or the first three items I look at are the the estimated monthly sales column. I look at the price column and I look at the number of reviews column. Those are the things that right away um, I can 
just look at for one second. I know right away where I should spend another minute looking at this item or if it's something I should just X out of and find another. So like we said, the price points, I'm looking for something now that's usually a little bit more expensive, like 20, 25 or excuse me, like 25 or 30 dollars. And then uh, we kind of just talked about right then what I'm looking for in the estimated sales column. As far as the number of reviews, I'd like to see, you know, if we're looking at the top 10 results of the number of reviews they have, I would like to see, you know, a few items, say maybe one or two items in the top five that have under 100 reviews. Mm. And in the top 10, I like to look for like five people that have under 100 reviews. That's my personal criteria. And to me, that means it's like a little bit younger, like less competitive market that should be easier for me to, you know, sneak in there uh, if I'm just getting into it today. And these really mature markets that have, you know, everyone has like a thousand reviews. Those are, it's really hard to get in there and get ranked up with those guys who can start making sales. Yeah, no, I I like that. And uh, again, you're just kind of like looking at the main point or the main numbers first that you're looking at. So this way here, you can decide if you even want to go any further, uh, which is, which is great. Uh, now, the other thing is I want to point out to people, too, is sometimes, and this I've talked about this before numerous times, uh, whether it's on my workshop, the podcast, wherever, but it's like where where you're going to start looking at like these numbers and you get excited because you're like, wow, they got like 1,500 sales and they've only got like three reviews. First off, that's a red flag to me that they might be running a promotion. And then in that promotion, then I have to go back and start looking at the history of that. In my process, I go over to Camel, Camel, Camel. I'll look at the history there. And then I'll also want to go just not to, just for that particular listing, but then I also want to look at the uh, the history in Google Trends. That's like my secondary part of that. But Camel, Camel, Camel is the one that I use to kind of look at the history or I'll also go right to that listing and I'll see when they started getting their first review and that'll tell me kind of like when they started selling that item and if it's really fresh, then that's a red flag to me. What about you, Greg? Yeah, that's absolutely right. So for those of you who don't know this, uh, in Jungle Scout and the uh, estimated sales are based off the sales rank. So as Scott's saying, you know, a common promotion or launch strategy will be to give give away a whole bunch of units to get reviews and it's super effective. But that is one thing that kind of throw off the estimated monthly sales because if they just gave away 50 products in the last two days, you know, that according to their BSR, it seems like they're normally selling that many in, you know, in two days. Um, so that's going to give an inflated, uh, you know, monthly sales volume. So that, that would be a red flag. Like Scott said, you can look at camel, 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 which, you know, if they've, if that, um, BSR has been consistent for the past couple months and that would be like a really good find. But a lot of times on items like that, you know, you'll find, okay, uh, you know, it just launched a few days ago. He's obviously doing a giveaway right now. So that's something you want to be on the lookout for. Yeah. Um, you're just kind of like doing your little bit of investigative work. Uh, and like I said, I mean, if it seems too good to be true, then you got to start digging in. And that that's what I mean. Like if you see everyone else has like 300 reviews and then there's this one little straggler that has three reviews, but they have more sales and, and revenue, that's usually a red flag. And, uh, you know, it's usually the reason why uh, they're doing yep. it is because they're doing a promotion. So uh, but then yep. it, that does also mean then maybe you should take keep an eye on that one to see how well it does for running that promotion and see what it does in the next month or two. Um, you know, that's another thing you could do. Obviously, it's going to take some time to track that, but it, it's another thing that you might want to do. But that's usually a red yeah. flag to me. Scott, one other thing I think we should touch on because sure. I know it's a common question a lot of people have is people um, 
are worried or are curious about, you know, what kind of sellers that we look for, you know, if, uh, if Amazon's selling all the products, you know, they're, they own the yeah. buy box or if they're FBA sellers or fulfilled by merchant sellers and so forth, I'll give my quick, uh, take on it and sure. then I'll let you, you know what you think. But for me personally, I'm not scared to sell against Amazon. Okay. And I know this is against what, you know, a fair amount of people believe, but these are my reasons why is that for one, Amazon, the listings that Amazon's selling on are usually less than optimized. They usually have like one or two like kind of crappy pictures, you know, not very good bullet points or descriptions, so on. You're not going to find any of those products in the sponsored ad section. You know, Amazon doesn't run PPC on their own products. And the other kind of nice thing about it is you never have to really worry about Amazon, you know, I mean, not like I worry about this much anyway, is but you don't really have to worry about them doing any kind of like shady tactics, right? Like yeah. Amazon's not going to leave like a fake one-star review on you. I'm like I said, that's not a big deal. Nothing to be really scared of anyway, but it's kind of like another bonus against selling, you know, against them. So me personally, I don't really care if it's an Amazon or FBA or fulfilled by merchant item. Um, sometimes I actually prefer to compete against Amazon. So that's, that's my take on it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right up there with you. I, I, that doesn't, it doesn't scare me uh, at all. Uh, if, if anything, like you said, it it gives me a little bit of a, of a better feeling because I know that Amazon's not going to be really running promotional blast. You know what I mean? They're not going to be out there, you know, pushing to, to get reviews to beat you. Um, and they're not going to be doing any of the negative review kind of tactics that people out there are doing on competitive items. So it doesn't, no, not, I, I don't see that as being a huge deal at all. And like you said, a lot of times they're less than optimized. So there, there you can come in and do a better job. Uh, so yeah, I, to me, it, it's not a disadvantage. If anything, it might be a little bit of an advantage. Um, in some cases, not all cases, but in, in some cases, but yeah, I uh-huh. get that a lot too. They're like, if I see Amazon selling it, should I just, you know, not go in there? And I'm like, no, actually you probably should go in there as long as you don't have, you know, other you know, people in there that are private labelers that are taking over that space. Um, right. You know, so and then, yeah, I know a lot of people say, you know, it's, they're like, well, it's Amazon's platform. Of course, they're going to rank you better and uh, are themselves better and so forth. But I've actually not found that to be the case at all. Um, and let's keep in mind, you know, Amazon, their number one goal is to make customers happy and to make the most money possible. Right. So keep in mind, every time they sell an FBA item, you know, like one of your items, Scott, or my items, they make a pretty good little chunk of money off it as well. So, and a lot of times it's actually probably just as much or more than the items they sell themselves. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't see any reason even in the long term that they'd start ranking their product or, you know, favoring, uh, their rankings and so forth. So yeah, I think that's, Something to just get out there because I know it's a common question. Yeah, let's let's move into a little bit of maybe like a launch strategy that you might be thinking about in 2016. Like, what is your what is Greg's launch strategy? Has it changed since 2015? Is there anything different? Do you have one? Do you not use this a launch strategy? Give us just a little bit of that. Yeah, it's a good question. So I've gotten a little bit more uh, like aggressive with my launch strategies. I don't know if it's necessarily because I had to but it just works so well. Um, so before where I was only usually giving away like 20 or 30 items, you know, initially to get my reviews. Now, a lot of times I find myself giving away like 50, 60 or 80. Um, just because one, once I really sat down and started doing the math, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm giving away, let's say 80 units at maybe like I'm losing five bucks a pop. Right. Um, so it's like, okay, well, what would that be like $400 or however much it is? Um, it's like, 
man, now I'm jumping up to like those top 10 results so much faster and starting to make 80 or 100 bucks profit a day. It's like, it's kind of a no brainer once you really sit down and do the math. You know, before I think I was trying to be like too, you know, I was costing myself money by trying to save money and not give units away. Mm. So that that's my launch strategy now. And a lot of times I'll even, you know, maybe I'll start with giving away like, so the first, so let me uh, clarify a few things. So I initially will give away like 10 units um, to get some reviews, okay? okay? And then what I'll, so that will be like over the course of like a week. At that point, like I'll start running pay-per-click and that's when I'll start giving away like that next week, maybe like 50 more units or 80 more units. And I'll do like 10 items a day or so. Right. Um, and I found that really works well. I've never tried doing like 100 the same day. I think- you know, when Amazon changed their terms like last summer, I think they were trying to steer people away from that or, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of not like that. So, but I feel like giving away like 10 or 20 a day, um, is no problem. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. No, it's, I'm, I'm right on with you. I'm, I'm, I mean, you and I are very, very similar, um, in, in that, uh, now pay-per-click, let's talk about that really quickly. Um, cause you touched on that. What do you do? Do you just fire up an auto campaign and throw like 20, 25 bucks at it? What do you, what do you do there? Yeah, for, so just, for just starting it for for just you know, like you're launching and then sure. you want to start, you know, start kind of, you know, kind of pushing those keywords and stuff that you want to get ranked for. Um, what 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 do you do there? So right away, I'll just start you know, once I even actually be honest with you, if I have like one review, I usually just go ahead and yeah. start it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll right away just start a manual and an automatic campaign. And if you haven't started one of these yet, it's by listening to us, you might think it's more complicated than it really is. It's super simple. Just go in there and try to start it. You'll see an automatic button, click it. And then as far as automatic campaigns, you know, Amazon's just going to pick the keywords for you and start. um, I usually do my bid at like a dollar. And for that campaign, I'll put like 30 bucks a day maximum. Mm -hmm. And then I'll also start a manual campaign. And for there, I import all of the suggestion words from Amazon then I'll also go to Google's Keyword Planner, uh, find a bunch of keywords in there. I'll load those in. And then lately, I've actually been using a tool. Uh, you can find it like KeywordTool.io. Okay. And it's, an again, just you put in seed keywords and it gives you other keywords to use. Kind of so like a, it, it's almost like the Google Planner that just gives you like um, su- su- suggestions. Yeah. That's yeah. That, okay. Exactly right. Okay. Um, so then, you know, I usually will load in a few hundred words into this manual campaign. And again, I set all my bids like a dollar and uh, daily like 30 bucks um, and just let them run. And w- one of the important things that I think a lot of people miss on is um, a lot of the statistics that Amazon gives you here is delay are delayed by like 48 hours. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important just go ahead and run it for like a week before you even touch anything, you know, because you can't really tell, you know, like maybe your average cost of goods sold is like, say, 50 percent. But, you know, you just haven't collected enough information. Maybe that's because you've only made one sale on the item. You know right, what I mean? Right. So like I actually let, usually let mine run for like two weeks before I even start pausing words and so forth. Um, and I'd recommend waiting at least a week. I think a lot of people like freak out like. I've been running my, you know, my pay-per-click for a day. <laughs> I know, um, I know. I I've spent like 50 bucks, but I haven't made any sales. It's like, just calm down. Just let it run for yep. a few days. Yep. Trust me, you'll, you know, they'll, the, the statistics are just delayed. I mean, so now you and I haven't talked since they, they added the, the, um, you know, the phrase and the, and then the exact, and then the, uh, the negative keyword. Are you utilizing that? 
I'm not, but I need to be. Yeah, I man. Oh, it's, uh, it's awesome. I haven't done it yet. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And you know what I'm loving with it, Greg, is um, I'm loving the, the the reports that it gives you because now, I mean, they did it before too, but now you're able to take like your, uh, let's say you, you, you're you running the broad, uh, which you are currently because that's what you have as a default. And then right. from there, you look at all of the actual keywords from your data report and then you take those, actually the ones that are that are performing well, and then load them into a phrase match and then start throwing money at those. And then once you find some winners that are converting like crazy, then you can bring them over into a, an exact. And then anyone that you want to put as a negative keyword into a keyword to, or, you know, a campaign to kind of pull that so it doesn't compete with each other, then you can do that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really awesome, man. Nice. I need to, that's been on my list of things to do for a while. I need to get in there and do it. I think for whatever reason, I guess they release it to people kind of like in phases. Yeah. Like a beta. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause some of my buddies has, have had this for like two months. It just showed up in my account, like literally probably a week ago. So oh, wow. I need to get in there and take advantage of it. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. It, it can be time consuming like everything else, right? You can go in there and look at all the data and the numbers and all that stuff and then you got to come back and look at it, man it. But yeah, it, it's, it's definitely uh, it's a great tool. And that's why I always tell people like, why are you trying to go externally with traffic until you've maximized like the pay-per-click? Like, right. I mean, we're, oh, yeah. we're, we're putting There's it in front so of much- buyers that are there, right. With credit cards on file versus going out to Facebook and driving people over to your listing that they didn't want to get really interrupted with their Facebook, you know, fun time. Right. Yeah. I, I think you're crazy if you start worrying about driving external traffic until you've done a lot inside of Amazon. Yeah. No, I, I totally, I totally agree with that. Um, okay. The other thing is I wanted to touch on, we talked about uh, pay-per-click. We talked about your, your launch strategy. And, and so now on your, on your launch, just kind of going back to that again, and you've kind of done all of that stuff. Do you use any type of like, uh, you know, keyword loaded um, link when you're sending them there? I know a lot of people are like, does the super URL thing still work? Or like, what's your, what's your kind of thing with that? Um, what I've been doing just recently is a lot of times I'll ask for the reviewer to search, you know, instead of giving oh, him a direct yeah. link, yep. I'll just say, Hey, can you search, can you search for marshmallow sticks? Uh, this is what the picture looks like. Click it and order it with this coupon. Yep. And, um, I personally think that's the best way. Uh, you know, this is, it kind of, um, helps, you know, show Amazon what type of words are relevant for your item. Uh, I don't think it's, you know, uh, super URLs as you know, we've been calling them a lot lately. They, you know, it's a little bit of a gray area. Some people think they're not allowed. Some people think, you know, I think they are whatever. As far as just asking someone, instead of giving someone a direct link saying, Hey, search marshmallow sticks and then purchase this. I think that's totally fine. And, um, yeah, I mean, theoretically, I think it should work better. Yeah, no, well, I I agree with you. I think that the best way is if you can have someone manually go search. The problem is with people is they're, you know, they're saying with a review group, they don't want to do all that work. Um, you know what uh-huh. I mean? So I, I get it. But, you know, a lot of people were saying, but does it even still work? And um, I did recently just do a launch for a new product. And, you know, what I, my my recommendation for anyone or just myself anyway, is that, you know, I'm going to use it. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's not going to hurt me. I don't think it's, you know, going to do anything to my account or anything. It's just, it's either going to work or it's not going to work. And, right. um, you know, I, I did it on my last one and I got to be honest, it, I think it worked because I'm ranking yeah. very, very, I was very quickly for, for that keyword and, um, I moved up pretty well. But the key is, is, you, you do that maybe, but then you got to instantly start pushing pay-per-click to that keyword as well, because the, you know, you, you know, you can inflate that, you know, manipulate the BSR 
for a little bit when you do your promo, but then as soon as those sales start to drop, you're going to start to drop. So you got to really, you know, that's why I always say as soon as, as soon as you do that, almost start running that immediately alongside it. That way you can keep pushing those sales through that keyword. Right. You kind of have to stick your landing and stay there. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. So now let's, uh, the one thing I wanted to ask you about is like more expensive products. Cause that is something that I'm, I'm looking into right now. I'm actually deep diving in the web app, which is awesome, which we can talk about a little bit too. Cause some of those new features in there are incredible. And, um, I want to hear about those, but, um, you know, my, myself going forward, you know, what, if I started over, would I do anything different? The answer is no. Um, I would, because, you know, money, when you first start, you're, you're limited to the amount of money that you're starting with. So you always want to start with a, a less expensive product. You know, you want to test it before you really, you know, scale up and all that stuff. But now that you have cash flow coming in, I do think you should diversify your products and have, you know, some that are expensive, some that might not be as expensive, um, and you kind of mix it up. But with that being said, you know, the problem with that now is, is it's expensive, right? It's expensive right. to do that. I mean, you're talking, if you're going to launch a product, like if, if you're going to launch a product and it's going to be, it's going to sell for 40 bucks, what are you expecting to pay landed in, in Amazon FBA? You personally. I'd probably pay uh, 12, 15 bucks for that item. Okay. Yeah. And that's about what I'm thinking myself. So even at, like if you said, okay, I'm going to spend, you know, before I was going to spend between four and five bucks. Now I've doubled that and maybe even more. Um, so now I went from, if I want to order, you know, 500 units, you know, that goes up double the cost of what it would have started with. So for a lot of people, it's harder to do that. But right. big but here is it also eliminates some of that competition. Sure. Right. So me moving forward, I'm definitely looking at that as well. And I think anyone that's in that position to do that should as well. Um, and I think you've already kind of, you know, alluded to that you're, you're doing that yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of nice to separate yourself, uh, from a little bit of the competition. I guess the, the fact that this whole sales model has a low barrier of entry is kind of like a blessing and a curse, right? Yep. It's really nice because anyone can get in it. But uh, the kind of bad thing is anyone can get in it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, going for some of those higher price items is going to, uh, you know, get rid of some of the competition for the people who can't afford it. So, right. and I guess yep. my only other my only other concern is that, and again, just thinking out loud here and tell me if you've had these these thoughts at all or if, if maybe you don't worry about that, but you have a more expensive product. So now it costs you more to get it in there, which is fine. But now you get a refund. Well, that's a bigger refund too, right? Yeah. So um, you've got a return. Uh, now, sure. you know, a couple different things you could do. Sometimes it's it says it's damaged in the warehouse, you know. Um, so, you know, it might be damaged. You could have them return back to you. And if you could repackage them, you could send them back in. Um, that's one thing. But if they are truly damaged, you can't sell them. Now you're out that particular cost. Hopefully it wouldn't be enough to really put a huge, you know, damper into your, your, uh, you know, margins. But what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, man, that's exactly right. You know, when you're dealing with more expensive items, um, you know, you just kind of have to be less, uh, sensitive to the cost, right? Because I'm at the end of the day, it's probably still only like the, the 2% refund or whatever. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, if you look at the price, tag, like, man, that, was a, that cost, that item cost me personally 20 bucks. Now it's been returned. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, you know, percentage wise, it's still the same. You just have to, you know, be, have a little more capital to be able to kind of afford that. Yeah. And I think if you're selling products that are that you know, that high in price, well, you will have more cash flow, right? Sure. So on, you know, on the average, you're, you're not going to be really hurt. It's just in your own mind, you're thinking to yourself, oh man, that's 20 bucks that came back. 
you know? Right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you just got to get past that. But yeah, I I think the same thing. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's kind of dive into some of those new features in, in Jungle Scout. Now, anyone that's brand new and hasn't heard about Jungle Scout, uh, Greg is the founder and creator of Jungle Scout, which is a research tool for finding products. Um, he's also developed, uh, well, another product that sits alongside it, the web app, which is more of a discovery tracking tool, which is really cool. Um, but, um, if it, and again, if you guys haven't heard episode 56, I strongly recommend checking that out. Um, that's the amazingseller.com forward slash 56. Um, but Greg, why don't you kind of give us an update? Like what's going on with Jungle sure. Scout? What's come out? I know there's a lot of cool things that have been added, the web app being one of them. And I'm a huge fan. You know that. Um, so kind of give us a little bit of, a, of, of what's going on in Jungle, Jungle Scout world. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So. We'll go over first just a little bit of history, I guess. So it started like a year ago with uh, a simple Google Chrome extension. Um, you know, it's kind of built for almost for my own use to start. Um, you know, one of the the really nice features, it, it gave sales estimates, or it still does, give sales estimates based off rank. So all of a sudden, you know, instantly you could see approximately how many units are being sold uh, for those particular items on Amazon. So, you know, the Google Chrome extension, for those of you who haven't seen it or can't picture it, uh, it integrates into your browser. So when you're on the Amazon store, you know, if I search uh, garlic press, I click a little button that I now have in the corner of my screen and instantly I'm shown a pop-up that gives you all the relevant information you need to make educated purchase purchasing decisions. So, you know, that'd be like estimated, uh, monthly sales. That would be the number of reviews. It can even tell you things like, you know, how much, what's the net after, uh, FBA fees, you know, and all this important information that we've kind of been talking about that we use to make uh, purchasing decisions or, you know, product research decisions. So that, uh, you know, evolved over the next few months. And then the missing piece of the puzzle at that point was, okay, like after I have, you know, a product idea, it's really easy to decide whether it's a no a go or no go. Mm. Uh, at that point, you know, I was like, okay, well now I need like more product ideas. <laughs> yeah. So that that's when we invented the web app and, you know, the web apps, a few different parts. Uh, the most powerful part is the product database. And what the product database is, is we've re-indexed Amazon's catalog in a way that is user-friendly for us sellers to search through, okay? So when we're looking for product ideas on Amazon, and you can still do this, uh, you know, you can go to the best sellers section, you can see uh, what items are selling well uh, for other sellers and so forth, but at some point you start to kind of like run out of product ideas. So instead, we've really streamlined this by, you can go to the web app, and in the product database, you can filter by this criteria, all this criteria we were just talking about. So, you know, like, okay, Scott's looking for more expensive items now. So he's going to maybe put like 35 or, you know, 40 to like $60 items. Uh, Scott wants something that's going to sell at least like 300 units for that particular item each month. Um, he wants to find something that has, you know, uh, low competition. So maybe it's doing well with a low amount of reviews. Uh, you know, maybe you only want to sell in home and kitchen since you love garlic presses, Scott. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> but where I'm getting at with this is you can filter through all the exact criteria that you want, and the web app will spit out all of the products on Amazon that meet that criteria. So it's really cool, as you can imagine, super powerful. I love it. Um, and then we've recently added some cool things like uh, a listing quality score. Love it. So we've we've mm. graded all of the listings on Amazon. 
you know, all the ones in our product database. So now to take it one step further, you can say, okay, show me the items that sell at least 10 units a day, uh, have less than, let's say like 30 reviews, um, have a crappy listing, you know, and all these other items and it'll show you all these. And it's amazing when you see some of these, you know, like I was looking at it earlier this morning and it's like, there's some items without pictures, like seriously, not even one picture that sell, it was selling like 500 a month. It's like, holy crap, man, this is an awesome opportunity. <laughs> uh, well, really- you know, as soon as that feature came out, I got the notification just as, as all of the, all of the, the users get. And, uh, uh-huh. and I instantly went in to the web app and I, I looked at them and I'm like, oh, these are cool. So I went ahead and I used it and I'm not even kidding within like less than 10 minutes, I had two products that I could potentially launch. Now yeah. they weren't around my brand. So I'm a little, um, I want to try to find something there, but I still have them in my tracking. I'm tracking them currently right now in the web app, but, and they sell for between 30 and 50 bucks. Nice. And I was like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. like, that was pretty good. Uh, so it's and, cool to see like where we've come from, you know, like a year ago oh, man. when like before, like there was no way to come up with product ideas. You literally just had to like search through the store and click on a listing. Then you scroll down and look at the BSR, but you weren't even really sure how many items a month that BSR sold. It's like, it's crazy to think about how far we've come this year, like in product research and how much easier it is, you know? Mm, no, it's, it's, it's really cool. And again, I mean, for people that are, uh, you know, again, thinking, well, you know, isn't going to, isn't it going to become more saturated because now everybody has this tool. And my, my, uh, answer to that is, um, yes and no. I mean, yes, you're going to have all the tools, but now you just have to be creative in, 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 you know, putting something together, whether it's creating a bundle now from this, this information, right? Taking something that you find and then from there bundling it with something else that you also find that's selling really well, but they complement each other. And now that's your bundle. Or something like that. Like, yes, you have to be a little bit more creative. Or, again, as we talked, maybe you go for a more expensive product. Now you start looking at products that are selling between 30 and 50 bucks. Now you've just, you know, you've separated yourself from other competition. So there's always going to be competition, uh, which I think is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's it's just, it's something that you have to, it's almost like you have to, get, you know, get a skill set for doing product research and having these ideas of things that you can differentiate yourself with by using, you know, these products that are currently selling. So, um, yeah. And another really cool thing you can do is to differentiate yourself. I've, I've actually been doing this quite a bit lately. I'll go in there. I'll search for all the items that have like three, that have an average uh, review of like three stars or less. Oh yeah. I like and, that. and then like, but are still selling really well. Right. So if it's like this guy's selling like 500 a month but his average star rating is three stars. So it's like people really want this item, even though it's ranked bad. Well, let me figure out, you know, like why this is ranked bad. So, you know, and a lot of, you know, if you look enough, you'll find some of them are really simple. Like, oh man, I just wish this had this small little tweak or Mm -hmm. I wish this, you know, had lines on it or whatever. Um, And those are the kinds of like small tweaks you can make by working with these factories. So kind of like you said, you know, like, um, the skill set that kind of comes along with it. So that, that's another really w- good way to kind of differentiate yourself. Yeah. I mean, so what, what, I mean, what Greg just said is, I mean, and I've talked about this before, it's just, you know, now you can almost sort it by only seeing ones that are selling with your criteria, but only, you know, three star or less, you know what I mean? So now you've just, you've just whittled yourself down, uh, even more, 
Um, and I've even even heard you before. Actually, when you and I did the very first um, release of the web app, um, we we actually shared on there or you shared basically how sometimes what you'll do is you'll just look at products that have 50 reviews or less only that meet all of this other criteria. And then from there, you're going to be able to see a lot of these products that aren't being found because everyone else is going after the more competitive stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's I love exactly that. Right. I love that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, that those, those couple of new features that were just, that, that just, uh, were released for the web app are extremely valuable. And just, I want people to understand that, you know, when I first started, when Greg first started, um, you know, I didn't have a tool. You know, I literally went through and I actually show this on my workshop. I show a spreadsheet and I show, uh, basically just writing like the top five that I want to track. And then I would go back every day and I would go ahead and I would look at their BSR and then I would look at their reviews and I would do that all manually. It was, it was, you know, a lot of work to do it, but I was doing it. And that's how I found my first product, which is still selling today. But when this thing came out, it's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like, where has this been all my life? Because now (laughs) you're like, you can do so much more, so much faster. Um, and it, and also you can really whittle down on the criteria even finer, you know, um, so it's just, I mean, to be able to check some boxes in the criteria, put in some, some number values of what you want to look for and then have it, have it go find that stuff or take and pull all that data together is just so much, uh, you know, faster, um, than, than it used to be. So, um, once again, I want to thank you for creating it (laughs) because it's (laughs) making my life a lot easier. And I know a lot of other people too. Um, so is there any other thing you want to add to product research launch anything that you think that we maybe left out or didn't talk about before we wrap this up, Greg? So you want me to let you in on the, the next feature of the web app? I haven't told anyone about this yet. Ooh. Okay. And <laughs> honestly, honestly, everyone here, 100% transparent. I don't even know what he's going to say. Um, yeah. so uh, I'm excited. Scott, the only guys that actually know about this are the people on the jungle scout team, but it's pretty cool. I'll just give you a quick little rundown. Sure. So you know, right now in the, the web app, we look for specific products. Um, so coming up, it's probably going to be about another two or three weeks. So if you're listening to this in the future, that'd be like the beginning of February. Okay. Um, what we're doing is we've collected all of the most popular keywords on Amazon. So there's about like 3 million keywords. Wow. So like, for okay. instance, like garlic press would be a keyword. That's like one of the 3 million most popular keywords. Okay. And we've ranked all these keywords for... Are, we've assigned number values for the competitiveness of them, uh, how much demand this keyword has, uh, the seasonality, and some other cool, you know, like the, the average price point. Um, and again, similar to the product database, now you can filter through all of the, like the top few million most popular keywords or niches, you know, on the Amazon store. So wow. again, it's going to, I'm really excited about it. It's, it's going to be super powerful. Uh, pretty cool stuff. That is very cool. And that is an exclusive. Uh, I did not know about that. And uh, <laughs> uh, I appreciate you sharing that and surprising me as well as the uh, as the listeners. I'm sure that they are uh, they're just as surprised as I am. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, that is really cool because there's really not been an effective way to look at keyword numbers. And uh, I mean, yeah, you can get an idea by the drop down when you type in your keyword and you see, oh, that must be a popular keyword, but you don't really have right. number values to to uh, to identify them with. So that's really, really awesome. So I'm excited to, uh, to see that. And I'll probably have to have you um, <clears throat> do a demo or something for us. We can put it on this post. Yeah. When, no whenever doubt. whenever it comes out, we'll update this post and put it on there. Okay, um, sweet. Yeah, that, that sounds really cool. So um, any other last little tidbits you want to leave anyone with, Greg, before we uh, we wrap this baby up? 
Yeah, all I have to finish with is, um, you know, looking into 2016, uh, it's still a really good opportunity, kind of like we said. Uh, we've, you know, of course it is getting a little bit more competitive, but I think, um, you know, the tools that kind of help us find these products are improving and, um, you know, it, it's still a really good time to get into it. I wouldn't hesitate if you're, are, you know, worried about it or thinking about it now. The product research phase is really critical to your success. I, I can't really emphasize that enough. Totally. It's it's really tough to get a product to sell if there's not already enough demand on Amazon or if it's so competitive you can't even get on there in the uh, the first page. So I would recommend, you know, going by kind of some of this criteria we've talked about, it'll make your life way easier. You know, spending a few extra days on the the product research phase is, you know, you'll be glad you did it as opposed to like rushing through a, you know, and getting a product that's not very good. So those, those would be my last uh, few bits of wisdom. No, that's really, really awesome. And, uh, you know, again, I, I, I echo everything there because, you know, the, I mean, when you're talking like trying to launch a product, you know, and I've always said, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, well, I got a product here that's not even on Amazon yet. And I'm like, eh, you don't want to do that yet. You know, I mean, yeah. yes, if you build out a brand and you want to start, try, you know, try to launch a product and it might be a hit, it might be right. It might be that invention that you came out with. That's going to be a hit, but we don't know that we want to go right. after products that have proven that they're selling. And from there, we can look at this by using tools like this and, and, you know, just digging into the different, uh, different products and keywords and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, I can't stress that enough. I mean, you know, you will live or die by the, the, the research, you know, and, and by picking those products. And I do believe if you go through this type of criteria, you will be able to prevent some of those, you know, some of those hurdles or some of those frustrations that you could have in the future because you picked a product that just wasn't going to sell regardless. Um, yeah. So I, Definitely, definitely believe in that uh, 100%. So, all right, if anyone wants to check out uh, all of the show notes for this, um, I will leave the link um, actually in the outro. I don't know the episode yet, Greg, so I'll, I'll give the episode number yeah, after. But if okay. anybody wants to check out Jungle Scout, they can head over to the amazingseller.com forward slash JS. That's for Jungle Scout. So JS. And that'll take you to um, the page where I believe also, Greg, on that page, they will receive... Um, well, some some goodies over there. I believe we have a discount for the the Chrome extension, and I think we also have an additional um, number of uh, items they can track if they go through that link. Which everyone one hundred percent transparent here. I am an affiliate for Jungle Scout because I believe in it. I use it. I know Greg's a great guy, and uh, just want to be one hundred percent transparent with you. And you'll buy me a cup of coffee, which I love. So, um, yeah. Greg, is there anything else on that page that they would know would need to know about? Um, we have, you know, some, uh, old notes there from the last time uh, we recorded the show together, Scott, but you know, now that we said this, I should go ahead and update those with some of the, um, the things we talked about during this show. So by the time this show is live, I'll have done that. So if you want to go back there and download the, the new notes, or if you haven't gotten them yet, you can go and do that. Uh, there's also like a cool table that shows you, um, uh, rank versus unit sales per month for each respective category. And then of course, you know, like we said, there's a little discount to jungle scout there as well. So awesome. Head on over there if you want to check it out. Yeah. Once again, guys, that, that link is the amazing seller.com forward slash J S J as in jungle S as in scout. Uh, all right, Greg, this has been awesome. I'll let you get on with your day. Um, and, uh, I appreciate, uh, talking with you. Oh, you know what? We should also mention this, Greg, we're going to be actually in Miami together. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I'm excited I, to see you there. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome. So, anyone, this is another uh, exclusive here. I haven't talked about this, but uh, 
Greg and I are both going to be at Steve Chu's event uh, in, um, let's see, Miami. And uh, we're going to be both speaking there. And it's going to be really, really awesome. And I'll, I'll be giving everyone the details there. I don't even know if I have the, the link to that. Do, do we have a link to that yet, Greg? Yeah, I was just trying to, I was pulling it up on my calendar. It looks like it's uh, May 19th through the 22nd. And this is bad, but I don't know the link to it, Scott. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, you know what? I will, uh, on the outro, I'll leave that. So when I come back in, guys, hang tight. I'll get you the guys that link. I should have been more prepared. But uh, yeah, that yeah. is... Uh, That'll be th- fun hanging out that's there. That's going to be, yeah, that, that's going to be a blast. So you and I will finally be able to literally shake hands and uh, and have that that beer that we talked about and, uh, and talk with a bunch of other sellers that are going to be meeting us there. So that'll be really awesome. So anyone that wants to attend that, Greg and I will be there together. And again, I'll leave you guys the link here in the show notes. And I'll also leave a link uh, uh, right here. As soon as him and I end this, I'll go ahead and pop back in with that link on uh, after I pause this. So um, all right, Greg, that's awesome. Again, this has been awesome. I always love talking to you. I could talk to you for hours. You know that. Absolutely. And, uh, let's go ahead and uh, wrap this baby up. And I want to thank you once again. I appreciate it. Uh, I love what you're doing. I love the transparency as well um, with with all of your, your information and everything. And I know that the audience does as well. So have an awesome day, man. I, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. Yeah. Take care, man. All right. See you, Scott. Bye. Okay, so what do you think? That was awesome, right? I love talking to Greg. We have an awesome time together, and I'm really excited that him and I are going to be able to literally sit down together and have that beer that him and I have been talking about at Sellers Summit. That was the link we were trying to uh, remember, and it is Sellers Summit, and you can find all the details there for Steve Chu's event that I'm going to be speaking at. Greg will be there speaking. We'll be there hanging out, um, just really talking about this business and looking forward to meeting you guys there as well if you're going to be attending. I would strongly recommend attending if you can. It's going to be in Miami, uh, which uh, it'll probably be really nice there too. It's in May, and actually the date is May 19th through the 21st. All about e-commerce, not just selling on Amazon, but also building that external channel, e-commerce sites, uh, all of that stuff surrounded with a lot of people that know more than I do um, in that space especially. So I'm really excited to attend, to speak, but also to network and learn from some of the other people that will be attending. So if you can uh, you know, attend there with us, that would be amazing. And I know Greg and I would would love to shake your hand and, and just hang out for, the, uh, for, for those couple of days. So again, that is Sellers Summit. If you're interested in checking that out and if it's before May uh, or yeah, before May, uh, let's see, 19th and 21st, uh, you can go ahead and grab some tickets if it's not already sold out. So that is pretty much going to wrap up this episode. Again, the link to check out everything that Greg has going on would be theamazingseller.com forward slash J as in jungle, S as in scout. So JS, and that'll take you over to Jungle Scout's page. Or you can just go to this episode, and the show notes here will be theamazingseller.com forward slash 161. And also there, you'll find some show notes that you'll probably want to download because I'm going to have these compiled into a quick little cheat sheet, a little list of what you can do as far as in 2016, what we've covered, and kind of have a checklist there. So I'm going to have that created as well on the show notes page. So again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash 161. All right, guys, so that's pretty much going to wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you. I'm rooting for you, but you have to. You have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you in the next episode.